Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. The first question in the Bible was this question. This is the first question that's recorded in the Bible in the book of Genesis. It's this question. Did God really say? Did God really say? And in my experience, so many people have so many questions about the voice of God. Just this year, I've had people on soccer fields and people in cafes just out of the blue after talking to them, say to me genuinely, can you teach me how to hear the voice of God? Now for this particular question, this question was from Satan. That took a, a, a bad turn, didn't it? And But sometimes people genuinely want to know the voice of God and sometimes we want to Question the voice of God to find a loophole. Who's ever done that? I've done both. I generally want to know sometimes and other times I'm like, I want to find a loophole so that I can do what I want to do. And so this question was asked by Satan, the enemy of God, to Eve, the first woman, representing the people of God. And this lack of clarity led to a bad decision which opened up the world to all kinds of pain and heartache. And the terrible consequence of that is that our relationship with God has been busted and broken. Now, let me take it back a step to kind of set the scene for where this question was posed. So the first meeting place of God and humans is this beautiful picture of a garden. It's the Garden of Eden. This is where God chose to uh, reveal himself after he created humankind. And in this beautiful place, it's a place where we first meet God. And it's a place where the first humans had the opportunity to walk and talk with God. Now, the first question in the Bible is, did God really say And the second question in the Bible is a question that God asked and God asked humans. And the second question was this, where are you? And not in an accusing way, but in a way that something was missing. I don't know, uh, I'm showing my age a little bit here, but uh, who remembers meeting someone at a shopping center or a restaurant without a mobile phone? Does anyone remember what that feeling was like? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm checking my time. I'm where I, I said we were supposed to be, but where are you? And for those that haven't had this opportunity, why don't you try it next time? Just to get that experience. It's a totally different way. Uh, right now, if, we're, if someone's late, we're like one minute past, like, where are you? We just text and then we're on find my phone. It's okay, they're a little bit there. But this is a bit like the picture. God says... I haven't moved. 
I'm where we usually meet, but where are you? And this is God's intention for us, that each and every person has the opportunity to restore something that God enjoyed, this valued and treasured relationship. And my message for everyone, the message of the Bible, is this, that God wants relationship with everybody. He wants to, for us to have that opportunity to be restored where we can walk and talk with God. But if we're honest, God has never moved. He's never stopped speaking. It's just that we've moved away. And the question, where are you, is an invitation to come back into a place where we can be restored. And here's what I'll say. I don't believe that we are fully restored in our relationship with God until we learn what it is to hear his voice. And there are two things that are restored when we hear the voice of God. The first is this, our belonging. That's the first thing that's restored. Jesus says this in John chapter 7, 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. God knows us and he wants us to know him. The Bible describes how much he cares, how much he knows about us. It says God even knows the hairs on our head, the number of the hairs on our head. For some of us, that's easier uh, now than it was when we were younger, if we're honest. This is an honesty place here. God even knows the original color of the hairs on our head. Some of us don't even know that ourselves, but God knows that. It says God in the Bible, it says God knows our thoughts. He knows our words before we speak them. And he wants us to know him. When we learn to hear the voice of God, the first thing that is restored is our belonging. The second thing that is restored is our becoming. Do you know the most important thing about your future is whether you can learn to hear the voice of God? I know that's a big statement, but I believe it with all my heart because when you learn to hear the voice of God, there's two things that happen. God sets our direction and he gives us protection. He sets our direction and he gives us protection. You know, the only way that you can be an original is if you learn to hear the voice of God. The only way that you can be stopped from making awful, life-changing mistakes is by hearing the voice of God. The only way that you and I have the chance to be truly successful and to leave a legacy that is eternal is by hearing the voice of God. It's protection and direction. The book of James 1 verse 5 says this. It's an amazing statement. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. What an amazing statement that the questions that I have, that the wisdom that I need, of which I need a lot and I lack a lot, if I'm honest, I've got a lot of things in my life that I don't have answers to within myself, but all the wisdom that I need will be found 
in the voice of God. I've just got to ask God about it. And here's a statement. This is a powerful statement. The questions that you don't ask God will be answered by the loudest voices in your life. Let me say that again. The questions you don't ask God will be answered by the loudest voices in your life. The loudest voices in your past will answer those questions. The loudest voices in your present will answer those questions. And it's not as though the questions won't be answered. They will be answered. They just won't be answered by God. They'll be answered by other voices, the loudest voices. And my question to me, my question to you, my question to all of us is, are you willing to let that happen? Are you willing to let your surroundings, the past, whether that's good, bad or indifferent, be the loudest voice to answer the questions of your life, to give you wisdom? The questions on your relationships, marriage and family will be answered by the voices of your own upbringing. Questions on your sexuality will be answered by the voice of your greatest desires and the media you consume. Questions on your purpose will be answered by the voice of your greatest critics and your selfish ambition. And questions on your identity will be answered by the voices of approval and your achievements. And God won't answer your questions, not because he can't, but because we haven't asked. And that's a true statement, but that's a very sobering statement. But the good news is we're going to talk about how to do that. We find all the wisdom we need in God's voice, and he answers the questions of life. So we're starting this series called Hearing the Voice of God. And I want to share a passage of Scripture. And contained in this passage of Scripture is one word that defines the starting point. That is the springboard. One word, one concept, that once we get a hold of this, this will uh, be the essential place, the starting place of hearing the voice of God. So we're going to read from 1, chapter, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Two characters here, two main characters. I'm going to tell you some very basic information about them. There's a whole big backstory which you can read in 1 Samuel in the Bible. But two characters, two main characters. One is Samuel. Here's what you need to know. He's a young boy dedicated to God. First character. The second character is Eli. And he is a priest and a godly man. He's made some mistakes. You can find out more in the backstory. But he is a priest and a godly man. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 4, it'll be on the screen or you can follow on your own Bible or device. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I wonder how you would define the voice of God in your life. What's your starting point right now? Would you define the voice of God in your life as occasional as frequent, as constant, or would you like is described here to say, hey, if I'm honest, it's a little rare. It's a little, it doesn't happen very much. And you may have many questions and we're going to start to answer those questions. 
But here's what I want to say. It's really interesting that the word chosen here was visions. It's about revelation. And in Acts chapter 2, when we see the Holy Spirit coming on the early church, Peter gets up and he quotes Joel, the prophet Joel, and he says, In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see what? They'll see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. One of the main roles of the Holy Spirit is to speak to us. And the good news is that each and every one of us has access to hear the voice of God. This is a new era. This is not like it was in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit is active, released to speak to us. Verse number two, here we go. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Now the voice of God in this passage is the audible voice of God. Now some people have heard the audible voice of God. I personally have not. But I want to take a couple of minutes to talk about, just give you an overview about what we say when we say hearing the voice of God. So the predominant thing that we mean when we say hearing the voice of God is not the audible voice of God. And so here are seven ways that we hear the voice of God. Actually, before I go to that, I want to start with something else, a question. What do we mean when we say hearing the voice of God? How does God speak to us? This is the starting concept. So we start with the Bible, the Word of God. And the substance of every word from God is the Word of God. The substance of every word from God is the word of God. It's the raw ingredient for everything that God speaks to us. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit is the one who customizes this raw ingredient to shape it to be a word that is specific for our life and circumstances. This is what happens. So every specific word that we need that we hear needs to align to the word of God. Let me give you another way to illustrate this. And for those uh, listening on on podcast, we've got this image. Here is an image of a sword. All right. So let's say that this sword it's sharp and with a specific use. We could say that this sword is a word from God something that is specific for you, okay? But the next one, this, this sword has been shaped from a raw ingredient. The steel, it has been customized. So it has been shaped from the word of God. It has been formed and shaped and cast and sharpened. And it's a combination of word and spirit. This is what it means for God to speak to us. He wants to take something of the Word of God 
and he wants to shape it and sharpen it through the Holy Spirit to be something that is customized and specific for each and every one of you and for your circumstances. So seven ways that God can speak to you. There are more than this, but I'm going to give you seven, and we're going to talk more about this over the coming weeks. The first way is when you read the Bible. Okay, when you read the Bible, one of the most specific words that I've received as the leader of this church just came as I was doing a normal Bible plan. I read a a scripture from Corinthians and something just shifted in my spirit and faith was built, not just for me, but for us. And from that moment, things started to change and things started to grow in the life of this church. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It is God's way of making us well prepared at every point. So here's what I'll say to summarize. You can find his voice in a verse. It's one of the primary ways that God speaks to us. Number two, when you recognize an impression from the Holy Spirit, a sense, a knowing, an internal voice. So next week, we're going to go into a little bit more depth about this. How do I work out if what I'm thinking is from God or just myself or a Krispy Kreme donut or what I watched quite late on Netflix last night before I went to bed? All right? How do I know? But the main way that God speaks to us is through what we would say an internal witness, the voice of the Holy Spirit. But there is something that we need to be practiced and to be experienced and to learn how to work out what is what. John 14, 26 says, The Holy Spirit, this is Jesus speaking, will be your teacher and will bring to your mind all I have said to you. So as I said, we'll talk about this next week. How do I test a word from God and also from others? So what we are learning as a church is not just how I hear a word from God, but if someone around me has a word from God or if someone gives me a word of God, how do I know, word from God, how do I know whether it's good or not? That's what we're going to talk about. The third thing is when you listen to inspired preaching or and teaching. 1 Corinthians 2:13 says when we preached to you you didn't think of the words as just being just our own but you accepted it as the very word of God which of course it was and it changed your lives. So inspired preaching and teaching is essentially teaching from the word of God where someone has waited on God and said, God, help me deliver this word that is customized, that is something of the spirit that will meet people's hearts, that will help individuals, but also help us as a church to do and be everything that God has called us to do. That's the first three. The next uh, couple I'm going to go through. When you ask God a question, here's a practice. We're going to talk about this. You can write down a question. God, what do you think about this and then you wait on God and then you read the Bible 
and you see what he says and you study. When you receive a prophetic word from a trusted person, again, we'll talk about this and we've got Larissa coming in a couple of weeks and part of the reason she's coming is to prophesy over us and to speak prophetically into the life of this church. Number six, when you see a picture in your mind or surroundings, so this could be dreams, visions, it could even be something that you see in God's creation, nature. And number seven, when you reflect on God's role in your life events. Who's ever zoomed out from their life? And when you do, you can say, hey, I saw God here. Wow, I didn't realize it at the time, but God was leading me. Oh, that was really painful, but that's what God needed to move me because I'm a little stubborn out from here to be where God has positioned me. Okay, so seven ways. So let's continue with this passage, verse number four, the second part. So God speaks to Samuel and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Here's the encouraging thing about learning to hear the voice of God. It's not naturally assumed that you'll know how to do it. So in this passage, young Samuel had the privilege of someone who was older, someone who was godly, saying, here's what you need to do. So if your starting point is, I've never heard the voice of God, I've never heard anyone talk about it, or I've heard other people do it, or I see experts do it, but I've never done it, then that's okay. It's for everyone. God still speaks, and we are all invited into this place. So that was all the setup, and here we go to verse 10, this one word that we're looking for. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, he said these six words, speak for your servant is listening. So what he said, speak for your servant is listening. So here is the one word that will help us truly understand what it is to hear the voice of God. And this one word is servant. In the Old Testament, the servant being called the servant of the Lord was one of the highest honors. If you read the Old Testament, the, the greatest biblical figures in the Old Testament, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Israel, Elijah, all these figures, they, their greatest honor was to be called the servant of the Lord. 
It's a little like, if you know a bit about politics, to be the chief of staff, to be the one that is entrusted with the authority of the message of God. And so as we start to learn what it is to hear the voice of God, we need to start at this place. Not that I have to do what God has told me, but I get to do what God has told me. It's a privilege. In fact, it's one of the greatest privileges. And sometimes what stops this is we have a very low view of God and a very high view of ourselves. And God wants to switch that around. And he says, if you see me as God, if you see me as divine, as holy, as worthy, as truly the creator of the universe, but also very personal, when I speak to you, it will do something to your heart. It'll do something to your spirit. It'll change you and it'll set you on a course of purpose, of power, of life. It will energize you. One of my favorite sayings from my dad is that the word of the Lord comes with batteries included. So when God speaks to you, there's power attached to it. And so this is where we've got to start. Not like, oh, servant, like, God, stop like bothering me. Stop telling me what to do. Oh, Dad, stop telling me what to do. Just leave me alone. But when we start with this like, God, you are holy. When you speak to me, wow, what an honor, what a privilege. When we have that posture, that's when we're really, really ready to hear the voice of God. Now, we, we may not know everything that's involved, and, and we start wherever we can. But it's with this desire, God, what a privilege to hear your voice. A servant is devoted. A servant is wholehearted. And the purpose of God's voice is not just to entertain, not just to be a cool story, but to lead us in a life of trusting and obey, trusting and obedience, and for us to be completely given to God and the purposes of God. Jesus puts it this way, Mark 12, 30. He's actually quoting from the Old Testament. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. When I start by saying, God, I am completely yours. I give you access to every room in my heart. And I want to hear your voice. And I want to honor you. That's when we can really not just hear the voice of God, but it becomes useful. We have prepared our hearts. We've prepared the ground. We've prepared the soil for the seed of the word of God. In our life. So let me give you three qualities of a servant that are essential for us to hear the voice of God. Three qualities. The first one is this it's attention. Does God have your attention? Who knows that there is a battle right now for our attention? I've got a couple of things in my life that battle for attention. One is my phone, my phone representing 
everything in every way that people can contact me and all the information of the world. The other thing are my kids. Okay, in the season of life with young kids, a uh, couple of weeks ago in that mini lockdown, Beck and I are working from home and our kids are on holidays. And so pretty much every 10 minutes, two questions. Can I have something to eat? Can I watch a show? The answer to that was, no, you had something to eat 10 minutes ago and you just finished a movie. So, okay, we're going to do something else. So we said to our kids, and I'm sure you as parents have done this, we said, only contact us. We're, we're downstairs in the office. Only contact us if it's something urgent. Okay? So about probably about, was it about five minutes later? Maybe less than five minutes, we hear this yelling from the backyard kind of filtering down the house and it's Joe and he's like mom mom and we're like I don't, this must be urgent and he's yelling out and he he says mom mom and we're like okay Joe what is it he's like a mandarin fell from the tree without anybody picking it and this describes the battle for our attention particularly if you've got kids, if you have a job, if you've got a phone, if you're on social media, there is this constant demand for our, intention, for our attention. But here's something that I know for true, that's true, is we cannot hear from God unless we give him our attention. It's pretty basic. Easy to know, harder to do. Who would agree? Easy to know, hard to do. And so what does our schedule look like? What does our priorities look like for us to be able to hear the voice of God? A servant gives the boss their attention. He does that. A servant gives the boss their attention. That's what we need to do. What are we going to do about The second thing is the agenda. For us to become a servant, to hear the voice of God, we have to lay down our own agenda. We have to humble ourselves and we have to get on God's agenda. Do you know one of the primary tasks for me as a leader and for other spiritual leaders is to help people get on God's agenda, is to help people say, hey, I've got to make some space. Maybe I don't have it all worked out. Maybe I've got this plan. Maybe I've got to clear some time, clear some uh, of my future pictures of myself and say, God, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to know what you have to say. To surrender, to give up our own way of doing things. Again, easy to say, hard to do. But God is inviting us into this. And the final thing, is to be in a place of agreement. I think this is really, really important because who's ever been in an experience where God has spoken to them or you and you've started to argue with him? The funny thing is that quite often we argue about fundamental things like when God says, I love you and you're valuable and you start to argue with him. When God says, I have a plan and a purpose, and you, and you start to question him and say, well, have you, have you seen me? Have you seen what I've done? Have you seen my past? Have you seen the bad choices? And God says, no, you need to get 
in agreement. A servant gets in agreement with the boss. When we get in a place of agreement, we can become a willing participant in God's plan. And we can start moving. You know, there's power when our thoughts, our mind, our emotion start moving towards God. Our patterns of thinking start to change and start to be renewed. The Bible says you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind as you start to align with God. I'm going to invite Naomi back to the piano. And we're almost done. The posture of a servant, learning to be wholehearted, learning that what you have is not your own. We're going to take a moment just to pray. You can bow your heads, close your eyes. Does God have your attention? Think about this week that's coming up. What's your schedule? Where have you placed God as a priority to learn to hear His voice? As an afterthought, as a maybe I'll get round to it. What's your agenda? What's your future plans? Have you got it all worked out? Or maybe it's all chaotic. Either way, will you allow God to lead you to help you with decisions, to give you wisdom? Are you in agreement with God? I know some of you, even right now, God has spoken a word to you and you're still in a discussion phase. And God's saying, hey, I want you to get in agreement. I want you to trust me that I am good, that I am loving. You know, the God that we're talking about, that we're hearing His voice from, He is a good God. His voice is good. His plans are good. He is not harsh. He has our best interest in mind, but just in His way. And so right now, give you an opportunity just to say, Hey God, I'm in. I want to hear your voice. I want to lower my view of myself and elevate you in my life. You are God. I can trust you. I can serve you. To say today, serving you would be my greatest delight, my greatest privilege to be wholehearted. And so God, I just pray right now. I pray right now that each and every person, if that's you, everyone's eyes are closed. Why don't you put your hand up and just say, God, I'm in. I mean, I want to be wholehearted. I want to serve you. Just lift your hand as a sign of agreement to say, God, I'm in all over the place. Hands are going up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, every barrier. Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, We're just about to give each and every one of you a gift. So don't hand that out. Uh, right yet, but probably about maybe six months ago, I asked myself this question. And the question was, Andrew, what is one thing that if you did this one thing, 
you believe that you could make a big difference? What is that thing? So I thought about that. I prayed about that. And the answer to that question for me is that one thing is to get people to pray out loud in their own homes every day. I believe that if each and every one of us put aside some time to hear the voice of God, to read His Word, and to pray out loud every day, I believe that our homes would be a place of peace. Not that nothing goes wrong, but when it does go wrong, we have inner peace. That things could begin to shift in our lives. And so that is my heart. I believe that our faith needs to live in our homes. I, of course, believe that Sundays and and small groups are so important, but I believe it's got to dwell in our homes, in our bedrooms, in our lounge rooms. And so what we did uh, as a team is we have created this uh, new prayer journal, which uh, our team are going to give out, Mercy and Steph, and Steph uh, project managed this thing. She's done an incredible job. And this is a gift to each and every one of you, and you can also, if you have want to take a copy to give to a friend. You can have a quick look at that, but inside there's an invitation to read the Bible with us. We've got some uh, plans that are there, Bible plans. And we've also got a simple model for prayer that everyone can do. Here's what's in our future. In our future is lots of people who today don't know Jesus, who are going to come to our church because we are going to bring them. And we're going to say, they're going to say, oh, where do I start? I don't know much about the Bible or prayer. And part of what we're going to do is say, hey, why don't you have this and start doing this and let's talk about it. And this is a way that we're going to help them on their journey with Jesus. Who thinks that's a wonderful thing? So my kind of like altar call, perhaps, or the thing that I would say today is not something necessarily that you do right now in the moment, but it's an invitation for all of us to begin this journey together of reading the Bible, the Word of God, and, and learning how to pray. It's an invitation into the garden. It's an invitation to thriving spirituality. It's an invitation to meet with God again, to be connected, to abide, to walk and talk with God. And I couldn't think of a more wonderful thing that will change your life in the best possible way. So I want to thank you for being here. Have a look at those. We'll have some more up the back as well. Next week, we are continuing this service, uh, this series on how to hear the voice of God. And we're going to be talking about how do I test a word of God that I may have received or someone else has given me. And uh, if you have any other questions about hearing the voice of God or anything that you would love for us to cover, please feel free to let me know. Uh, You can mention it to me or shoot me an email or a message. Uh, We are so blessed. So the team are going to bring some tea and some snacks. God bless. Look forward to seeing you soon. 
Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community. Thank you.